Shalom Ubrachor of the Mazaras Gitin Afnun test. Today's Daf discusses. We finished the discussion of uh, how do we calculate the revia, the quarter that one needs to pay the original owners after it had been taken away by, uh, taken from him by Sakriko, and how much of a discount did he buy it for? Which Dion should speak first? When do we have a Tyra Ukadula? And wealth in one person, one person has had the greatest in its generation. Then we move into a sugya of a cheresh being koina. When can a cotton be koina? Various takonas that were made because of Darki Shalom. And the first one being that a koin gets the first, then a levi then a strong. What happens if a koin or a levi aren't there in shul? Now we had uh, started off with the machlekes yesterday of Rav and Shmuel. Rav says that when we say that he has to, that. Ruvain got his field taken away by the bad guy, by the Sukriko, and Shimon bought it from the Sukriko. So the question is, how much of a, of a bargain did the Sukriko give to Shimon? And Shimon would have to give that amount back to Ruvain. Rav says it's 25%. So if the land was sold to Shimon for 100 bucks, so if he's paying Ruvain this revia in cash, he gets $25. And if he's giving it to him in land, he gets $25 also, we assume, that this land is actually worth 125 The bad guy sold it to him for a fifth less than it's worth. But Shmuel disagrees. He says that the bad guy sells it for a quarter less than it's worth. Therefore, he could either give back $25, or, or rather, he says that a, a, a quarter of the land is actually going to be 33.3 because the land was actually worth 103.3. The guy took off a quarter of it when reselling it, when flipping it to Shimon. So essentially, the machlekes between Rav and Shmuel is whether the Sukrikoin resells it for a fifth less, or like Shmuel says, only a quarter, or even a quarter less. Now the Gemara asks, he said in our Mishnah, then the Bezdin Shalachrein, that if someone buys from the Sukrikoin, if Shimon buys it from the bully, he has to give Ruvain, the original owner, a revia, and the original owner has the upper hand, meaning, if Ruvain wants a quarter of the land, then he gets a quarter of the land. If he wants a quarter of the amount that Shimon paid, he gets that, whichever one is worth more. And that's only when, it, it, when it's not able to be resold. But if it is able to, then Ruvain gets first dibs in buying it back. Rebbe was on a Bezdin, and they paskined that if Ruvain had waited 12 months and still didn't buy back his field, whoever wants can come and buy it. But whoever does buy it, if Shimon comes and buys it from the, the bully, from the Sukrikoin, he has to give Ruvain, the original Bailim, a quarter of the Karka, or a quarter, not a third, of the amount that he paid. That's Shita's Rav Beferish. Kashan Shmuel. Sir Rav Ashi says, he answers that that Brisa was saying he pays a quarter after the third was already paid to Ruven. That's Shita Shmuel. It's a Revia Milabar. The Gemara says, hold on, Rav was, side note, Rebbe was paskening. Rav says that he was paskening in Rebbe's Bezdin, and he would paskin first. Problem is, in the Mishnah, we learned that when we're dealing with Dini Mominus, with a financial court case, or Tahara and Tumois, we begin with the greatest person on the bed. It's only when we're dealing with life and death, that's when we begin with the sides, with those who aren't the, you know, the leaders, the head of the... Over here, we're talking about money. Why was Rab going first? It was Rebbe's Bezdin. Rebbe was definitely greater. So Rabbi Bray the Rava says, some say it's Rabbi Hillel Bray the Rava that Rebbe's Bezdin was different because they always started from the side. They never started with Rebbe because whatever Rebbe Paskin, everyone else would be too submissive to him to disagree. So the policy in Rebbe was, in Rebbe's Bezdin, even with 
Moni and Tuman Tahara was to start with others, not Rebbe. That's why Rav was able to go first. And uh, Rav Bereid Rav says, some say it was Rav Hillel Bereid Rav Rebbe Vilas, that from Moshe Abeno until Rebbe, we never had one person in the generation who had the greatest Taira and Gedula wealth in one spot, in one person. The Gemara says, wait, hold on, Moshe Abeno had Yeshua. Yeah, but Yeshua wasn't the only one. Together with Yeshua, we had a Lazar. What about a Lazar? He overlapped with Pinchas. And Pinchas overlapped with, had the Zakanim overlapping with him. What about, and, and even in, in the times of Shaul, we had Shmuel overlapping. Yeah, but Shmuel died. So there was a point when Shaul was Torah Gedulah B'Makam Echad. Now we're talking about where one person his entire life contained all of the, the greatest Torah and Gedulah. What about Dovra Melech? He had someone, Ira. Yeah, but he died. Yeah, but it still overlapped with David for some of David's lifetime. And Shlom HaMelech had Shimi Ben-Gera. I, Shimi Ben-Gera got killed. Shimi Ben-Gera did overlap with Shlom for some part of Shlom's life, so he, he, Shlom didn't have an entire life of Torah Gedulah B'Makam by himself. What about Chizkiah? He had Shivne, and Shivne also got killed, but it took away from part of Chizkiah's entire life of Torah Gedulah. What about Ezra? He had Nehemiah ben Chachl. Chachl. I have to brush up on my nose. Rav Achabrei, the Rav says he also learned then from Rebbe until Rav Ashi, no one held the mantle of Torah Gedulah B'Makam Echad. What about Hunabar Noson? He was, it's true, overlapped with Rav Ashi, but he totally submitted himself to Rav Ashi. And therefore the status of Torah Gedulah B'Makam Echad remained with Rav Ashi intact. He didn't share that title with anyone. Even though in Echanami, if one was on it. In the next Mishnah we learn that a, uh, when it comes to Kenyonim made by a Cherish, it is a valid koina, a Kenyan, by means of the hints that he does with his body. Even though he's a deaf mute, he can't verbalize it, but his actions are enough. But Messiah says we, we can even make a Kenyan transaction by reading his lips when it comes to the Kenyan of Metaltalin. What about a Katan? So with children, their sales are a valid sale. When they buy and they sell, it's good by Metal. Tomorrow, if Nachman says the whole Machlech is by Metaltalin, but when it comes to Gitin, everyone agrees that Ramiza would work. Just hinting. Well, yeah, the Mishnah said Beferish Metaltalin. No, I might think that even Metaltalin, but Kol Shekane Gitin. Kamash Malan, Rev Nachman tells us that Davka Metaltalin, not Some say that the conversation was a little different there. Rev Nachman said that the Machlech is Metaltalin, and also. By Gitin. Aye, the mission only said Metaltalin. No, it's saying even Metaltalin, but yeah, of course, Gitin works. Using Ramiza. Weird as Ben Becerra allow even lip reading without Ramiza. And we said that children can do full interactions, full Mekacho Memkar, until what, eight? So there's a diff- different opinion. Javuda says six or seven. Rav Kahana says seven or eight. We have a Bryce that says nine or ten. And the truth is, the Gemara says they're not even arguing. Every place had their own ma- maturity of that age. When they're at that age in their place, they're able to have functional uh, business interactions. Why are we letting Katanim do Kenyonim, even though they don't, ha- they don't have Das yet? So Rav Abba says so that they can make a living. They could have a kid in elementary school who's making a side hustle, selling sodas, and bringing some food home to his family. Now the Pesach says, Vayoymer la'asher al hamiltacha hutza levush lechol oivdei habal. The Gemara sidetracks to another statement of Rav Abba Yaakov Amar This Pesach in Malachim is talking about Yehu drawing out all the oivdei baal. And he tells them, bring out the mel tocha. I want to be able to see the clothing that they wear when they serve the baal. So I could spot people who are oivdei baal. He obliterated the worship of Avodah Zarah and Klal Yisrael. 
But what's this Meltacha they were bringing out? So Abba Bar Yaakov and says, it was this type of material that was very, very fine. You could roll it up and stretch it. And Rebbe Yechanan says that Bunayim ben Nunayim told Rebbe that there are four types of flaxes. There's Sivni, Chumas, Salsala, and Milmala. Sivni and Chumas. Chumas can be folded up into, into such a small size. It's like a, a walnut and a half. And Salsala and, and Malmala can be folded up into one and a half acorns. It's called Malmala. Because it's something that is a nimalel and nimtach. It, fo- it, it rolls and stretches. Now, if this cotton is doing business, back to our subject, he is running a full business. What about a mekach toys? Do we have the same din of Arnaud charging more than a 60th serve? More than a 6th serve? Yoyinah Amrav says, yeah, it's just like up to a 6th, just like by a godal. If he's charging more than a 6th, then it's a mekach toys and the money, everything goes back to the original owners. If it's less than a sixth, then he just has to pay back the amount that he was overcharging, but the sale is still a sale. Abai asks, what about gifts given by Katanim, or received by Katanim? Rabbi Amr says, their matona is not a matona. A matona. It doesn't count as a halacha gift. But Mar Baravashi says it is a matona. When they said over this psak to Rav, to Rav Mordechai, they flipped it around. They said that Mar Baravashi says that it's not a matona. So Rav Mordechai said, well, you better go tell Bar Mar that when I was by his father, I remember exactly where we had this discussion. He had one foot on the ground, one foot up on the ladder. And I said, I asked him, what's the halacha of a, of a child? A katan giving a gift. And he said, a matona is a matona. Whether it's a matona of, a, of someone who's dying, a shchiv a healthy person, a big, a, a big matona, a small matona. A matona is a valid matona. Seems they had a ladder in the base of Medrash. Maybe it was to climb up to the farm shelves. But the, the reason why he was correcting him is because he's saying, hey, your father passed in the opposite. But in fact, he, he was passing like his father, just the message was relayed backwards. In the next mission, we learned that there are seven takonas that Chazal made because of Darke Shalom. The first one is that a Koyin gets the first Aliyah, followed by a Levi, followed by Israel, because of Darke Shalom. We don't want people giving, the Kehanim, giving up their Aliyahs, and then we're going to lose that whole mitzvah of giving the Koyin first. Now that there's a takana, no one's going to say, oh, I want the, the first aliyah. No, it goes to the kayin. That's the takana. The second takana they made is that the Erev Chatseris stays in the first house that it was put in. We don't want people arguing, oh, if you're moving the Erev Chatseris, why didn't you put it in my house? Why didn't you put it in my house? Keep it in the original house that it was in. The third takana was a uh, water cistern, a bar that was dug near a stream. They used to fill up these pits near the streams in case the stream were to dry up. They would still have water in the pit. You fill up the one closest to the stream because of the Arkeshel, and we don't want people fighting over which pit should be filled up, whichever one is closest. Fourth, Allah, fourth Takana was that traps, that, that trap uh, Chayos and Oifas of fish, even though technically the owners didn't make a Kenyan on it yet, it was just stuck in their trap, the Chazal still made a, a uh, Takana of Gazelle so that people shouldn't lose the, uh, their, their catch. Rabbi Yaisi said it's actually, it's more than just a takon of the Arkeshalim. There's actually an Isser Derabonon of Gezel. Gezel Gum. Sext halacha is that if a Chereshet of a cotton finds a Metziah, that's also a takon of Gezel. And again, Rabbi Yaisi says that's actually Gezel Gum or Derabonon. The sixth takona is that an un who shakes out olives from a tree. It's a Hefker tree. The stuff that an Oni is allowed to take. So he's shaking it out to be able to collect it on, on the floor. If someone else comes and takes it from the floor, that's a gazelle. Even though technically the honey up in the tree didn't make a kinyan on those olives yet. Because the Darkeshalem, again, a BOC here says that it's gazelle gum or midrabanan to steal it 
from the Oni who just shook it out of the tree. And the seventh and final Takono, because of Dargashalom, was enacted, was that we do not make a macho against non-Jewish Aniyim who are taking like a Chachampeya. Because again, we don't want fights or hate. Now the Gemara goes back to the first Takona, that the Koyin gets the first Aliyah. Where do we know that the Koyin gets first? So we have a uh, four different Makairis. Or if Masna says from the Pasuk of Levi. Why does it say the Kahanim B'nei Levi? Of course, Kahanim are the sons of Elamai. It's saying that the Kahanim got before the Levim. It was Kahanim and then Levim. If Yitzchok Nafka learns it out from the Pasuk of Anikshua, Kahanim B'nei Levi. Well, yeah, Kahanim B'nei Levi. Elamai, the Kahanim come first and then Levim. Third of Ashi says from the Pasuk, B'nei Aram, Aro, Nemoshe, V'yavdel, Aron, L'Hakdishoi, Kodesh, Kodoshim. Fourth of Chibar Abba says from the Pasuk of Avikidash Toi, that the coin gets everything, any dovish of Gdusha. And Abraham said, Tonic very small, we learn that the Kiddash means every dovish of Gdusha goes to the coin first. He gets the first aliyah, he makes the first bracha. By benching, he gets the first piece of chicken, the first portion. Now, next, Abaye tells of Yosef, what makes the, our Mishnah assume that this halacha, that the coin goes first, becomes a, is because of Darke Shalom? It's a mitzvah deraisa. We just brought four different Makaris in the, in the Psukim. Salamai. The Torah is writing it because of Darke Shalom. Well, hold on. The whole Torah is because of Darke Shalom. What's the special Darke Shalom here about the Smitzvah Deraisa? So rather, Abaye says, No, no, no. It's like Mar in the Mishnah who said, If you have two people eating from the same portion, they're splitting a junior combo from doggies. One of them should wait if the other one needs to go out for a minute. But three people, they don't need to wait for one, right? If you have three people leading and one of them leaves, those two can continue uh, splitting it. Next, whoever, the Brysa says, is cutting the bread, he gets to take the first piece. If he wants, he could be Mechabed, his Rebbe, or someone who's greater than him, and give him the first piece. And in this Brysa, Omar Mar, that this whole, if he wants to, he's allowed to honor, is only in a Suda. But in Shul, during laning, the Koyan who gets the first piece, he's not allowed to be Moichelet because it'll turn into a, a mishmash. The Koyan can't give his aliyah to a Levi or Levi to Israel because then everyone else is going to say, oh, I wanted Rishon. Rev Masna says, when, when we say this aloha that in Shul, the Koyan has to take Koyan, he can't give it up in the Levi, Levi. That's only on Shabbos and Yom Tiv, when there's a, a big crowd. Monday and Thursday, there's a smaller crowd. There they would be allowed to give up their aliyahs. Hold on, Really? If Kahana wasn't a Koyen, and he managed, he was getting the first Aliyah on Shabbos and Yom Tif, not Monday and Thursday. You see that even on Shabbos and Yom Tif, a Koyen can give up his Aliyah? No, no, no. The Gemara says, Rufunu was different. Because even Rabbi Ami and Rabbi Asi, who were Kahanim, and they were Chosh of a Kahanim, they all agree that Rufunu should go first. When everyone agrees that this Yisrael should get the first Aliyah, every Koyen would across the board, then he can. And that's why Rabbi Vad Yosef used to get every first Aliyah. No Kayan is thinking, oh, I wanted that. Yeah, but he's Rebavadia. Next, Abaye tells us that we learned that if there is no Kayan in Shul, then the whole Seder of Kayan, Levi, and Yisrael, it's all unwrapped. Anyone can get the Aliyah. Abaye says that if you don't have a, have a Levi, then give the Aliyah to a Kayan. The Gemara says, whoa, you could give a, 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 another Kayan after the first Leah went to a Kayan? A, a Kayan gets Kayan and a Kayan gets Levi? But Rav Yechanan says, that you do not set up one coin after another because it looks like the first coin wasn't a valid coin. It's, it's like you're saying, oh, no, that coin, he's not kosher. You shouldn't do a levy after a levy because it's like it's saying that both the levy aren't good. No, so the Gemara says, we're not saying to put up a second coin 
when you don't have a Levi. We're saying give that first Koyin the second Aliyah as well, which if you think about it, Levi and Pray don't know this halacha because they've never seen a Koyin get a second Aliyah. Maybe they're not in true for it. Why Levi after a Levi would people start murmuring and saying, oh, they're both puzzle. They're saying, oh, well, one of these guys is puzzle. That's why we needed two. But by a Koyin after a Koyin, why don't we say, yeah, either the first or the second Koyin was puzzle. We're automatically assuming that the first one was bad and the second one was good. Oh, no, because the second one, the coin who's getting Levi, if we were to give him Levi, we would say, oh, his father's a Koyin. We know that the second guy is a valid Koyin. The first one, he must be the iffy one. He must be a Chalal or something. Why don't we say the same thing about Levi? If you give Levi two Aliyahs back to back, we'll say, oh, this second one, his father's a Levi. He's a good Levi. But the one before him, he must be the puzzle. LMI, we must be saying that the rumors that are going to go around is that his father married an, a, a Mamzeris or an Asino and all of his descendants are puzzle. Why don't we say the same thing by the Koyin? Maybe the Koyin married a Grusha or a Chalutza and made all of his children Chalutza. And that gave the first one the din of a Yisrael. The Gemara says we're not worried about the second Koyin and rumors going about, uh, uh, around about him because after him came a Levi. Because if this Koyin, if this second Koyin is Taka a Chalo, then why are we giving him the Levi Aliyah? He lost all his Kedusha. It must be that his father, Taka, is a Koyin. And he's not a Chalo. So the only Pekan that we're having by having a Koyin after a Koyin is on the first Koyin who got the Aliyah. The second one is getting the, the Aliyah of the Levi so that people aren't going to be Choshish. But Levi after a Levi, we just gave the second Levi a Yisrael Aliyah. The Gemara says, who is spreading this rumor, these rumors? Who's going to say that a, a Pagam in the first Koyin was puzzle and that the second Levi, the second Koyin that was put up was just making up for the first Koyin's Aliyah? The first one is a big mistake. The people who are there to lend the laning, they can count out the Aliyahs. They'll say, oh, hold on, there was only seven. We didn't add an extra Aliyah. It's not that the second Koyin was replacing the first one. The first one was good, the second one counted, and they all counted. Elamai, we're talking about people who left before the end of laning. So they don't get a full count. They don't realize that the first Aliyah counted. And it was, he's a valid Kayin. And fascinatingly enough, we're concerned that even for those Schmeigers who are leaving in the middle of laning, they might walk out and start schmoozing in the hall and say, oh, you, you saw that the first Kayin, he wasn't a good Kayin. That's why they had to replace him with a second Kayin. Because of that, we don't put up a Kayin Akhar Kayin. Thank you for learning with me. Have a wonderful day.